Thank you for joining us here at Fellowship Church for today's message. Our desire is to encourage others to love God, love people, and impact the world. And we would love to hear how God is using this ministry in your life. So take a moment and visit us online at fellowshipws.org. Find the Share Your Story button and tell us what God is doing in your life. While you are there, you'll also find useful information about our church and other resources that will bring you closer to Christ. Thanks again for joining us, and we hope you enjoy today's message. So this week, we're going to talk about dry seasons. Anybody ever been through a dry season? If you, if you, somebody say right now, God bless you, we're going to get through it. But can I see the hands of somebody and testify and say, you've lived through that dry season? It doesn't feel good when you're in it, but when you look back, say, God, I thank you. Amen. And then you can look back like Paul and say, it was a good thing that I was afflicted. It was a good thing that I went through a dry season because I wouldn't appreciate my harvest season if I didn't have anything to compare it to. But anybody thankful that God allowed you to go through a dry season? Listen, the first thing, you may be seated as a matter of fact, we're going to talk about dry season and managing dry seasons. I was, I was you know, praying before the Lord and just meditating, saying, God, what is it that you want to say to the people regarding this week? And I said, you know, because you know, a lot of times when we talk about management, we, we want to we prepare for uh, Canaan and we want to prepare for when we get the corner office and we want to prepare for when our clientele, we got more clientele that, 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 we, can, that we can manage and all that stuff. But I, it would be irresponsible of me as a preacher of the gospel to just prepare you for the, for the highlights. I know it's popular. I know it makes you high-five people. And I know it may, it may make you even give a little better in the offering. But the fact of the matter is, a responsible preacher tells you about the ups and the downs. And the fact of the matter is, people of God, if you live long enough, you're going to experience multiple dry seasons. Am I telling the truth? Somebody say the dry season. And since we know they're going to happen, it will behoove us to have some tools in our box so that we can have the right perspective that first of all, it's just a season. Seasons come and seasons go. That if I just live through it, I'll get through it. it feels like it's going to kill you. I, I know, I know, I, I know, look, look, summer is holding on with all it's got. It's September and it was 94, 96 degrees. But eventually the nature of this planet is going to win over and seasons change. That's ministry for somebody right here. If, if it, you feel like you can't make it, just, just hold on and live long. I'm telling you. And it may be multiple dry seasons that come in succession. But if you just hold on, this, the race is not given to the swift. It's not even given to the strongest person, in the, but it is the one that can endure to the end. Tell somebody, tell them, hold on. Hold on, hold on. So, so in, God, God said he wants us to sharpen and to strengthen our ability to manage seasons of barrenness. 
See, we like to get excited about our harvest time, and it's our harvest season, and I'm going to bear much fruit, and I'm going to do all this. But no, 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 no tree, no fruit-bearing bush or tree bears fruit all the time. There are seasons of barrenness. I would dare say that the health of the tree, oh, come on, listen to this now. The health of the tree is extended and lengthened because it has dormant seasons where it does not produce fruit. If you were just fruit producing all the time, how are you ever going to replenish yourself? How are you ever going to have a, a, a season of dormancy and sitting still and get in the next directions for the next season? Come on, y'all. And so God commands a harvest, but he also commands dry seasons. And the sooner we, we wrap our minds around that, we have an understanding and say, God, this is where, if we say, God, you order my steps, God don't just order our steps to, 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 the, to, the, uh, to the trophy stand where we, where we, where to, to, get our, to get our medals. Yeah, he orders us there, but God also leads us in the valley of the shadow of death. But the reason we don't fear anything because he's with us. And so when you have the, the right perspective, I, I think we, uh, the, the uh, preachers and people in the clergy have, have done a poor job in, in preparing us for barrenness. So what happens, we get in a barren place and we start doubting, am I really saved? We start doubting, Lord, did I really hear from you? We start, we start doubting, Lord, did you really call me or was that my emotion saying that? No, God said, I've really spoken to you, but so that you have character and so that you, so that you can hold on to what I, when you finally get there, I need you to walk through this season of dryness because it's strengthening your faith. It's strengthening your resolve. Anything that you get too easy, you don't take care of. But if I work for that thing, if I, if I had some sleepless nights over that thing, I'm not going to give it up so easily. Somebody say, when it's dry season. In 1 Kings, 17th chapter, is an interesting story of two people that are experiencing a dry season. It is the prophet Elijah Elijah, in 1 Kings 17 and 1, it says, Now Elijah, the Tishbite, from Tishbe of Gilead, said to Ahab, As the Lord God of Israel lives, whom I serve, there will be neither dew nor rain in the next few years except by my word. You have to understand there was, a, there was an evil king in the previous chapter that he had, he, had, he had done some things, and the word of God said that he angered, he stirred the anger and the wrath of God. And so the prophet had to come and make a declaration. He said, because you've been disobedient, because you haven't listened to God, I am making a declaration. I am making a declaration of barrenness over this land. But here's the thing. If you look in two, in, in verse two, it says this. Then the Lord came to Elijah and said, leave here and turn eastward and hide in, 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 in a Kirith raven east. And I have directed ravens to supply you with food there. So then he told him, he went to the, to, to the ravine, 
east of the Jordan and stayed there. And the ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening. And he did drink from the brook. What am I saying? I didn't say that just for, just for your education and your entertainment. The fact of the matter is, even though he spoke a drought, God didn't deliver him out of the drought. Have you ever been somewhere where you are living with decisions and words that you are in a dry place because of something you did? See, we can't blame it on everybody. Some of our decisions, some of our words, some of the things that we've spoken, some of the decisions we made, some of the people we hurt, some of the people, some of the things we did has led us to a place of barrenness. Can we tell the truth? It ain't always the devil and somebody working through them. Sometimes the enemy is enemy. And sometimes we open our big mouth and we find ourselves in place of dryness and barrenness and places of fruitlessness because of something that we said and we did. And so he said, he said, look, he said, Elijah, I'm gonna call, I'm gonna call you to speak drought, but I'm not gonna let you escape it. You're gonna have to live in the very thing that you spoke. How many of you know that you will eat the fruit of your lips? We need to be careful what we say. We need to be careful what we entertain. We need to be careful how we respond to when life happens because you could be living in a place of dryness that you spoke years ago. Death in life is in the power of the tongue. But he spoke, he spoke barrenness and he was living in it. But aren't you so glad that when, even in our folly, even in our foolishness, even in us not using wisdom, God's there. He said, look, I, I love you. You're still my man. I've got so much confidence in you. I am going to feed you. If you go down by the brook, you're going to have water sustain you, and I will cause ravens. I'll call buzzards to come and feed you. Aren't you glad that even when we put ourselves in certain seasons, God in his mercy that we just praised him for will still sustain us, even though he said, you know what? You're going to have to go through this one because I need to teach you something, but I'm not going to kill you. I just want to make sure that there's some character in you and you learn something, and so I'm going to feed you. Even if I got you in a dry place. Somebody tell the Lord, thank you for feeding me in the dry place. It may not be what you want. It may not be how you like it. Because you know me, like, nah, 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 nah. God, can't you just have just a, just a, a, a venison or, 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 or a deer or something come by and just so I, so I can just kill it? No. I'm going, yeah, look, and this, here's the thing, y'all. See, we, we have the benefit of seeing how the, how, the, how the outcome happens because we can see the story. But you got to understand, he didn't know how long he was going to be down there at the brook. So sometimes when we're in a, in a dry place, it's a test of our patience. And it's a, it's a test of our pride. Here's why. You tell me if you would have accepted I don't want no food out of another person's mouth, let alone a bird. But he had to humble himself and receive what God provided. So many times, you were saying, God, where are you? I, I, I am, I, God saying, I'm all around, but you're looking too high. 
it's got to come in a Cadillac. It's got to come in this. They got to be, they got to be this tall with dark hair and strapping looking. And so many times God said, if you just look low, you'll find that I've already given provision for you in your desert place. But you're going to have to humble yourself. God didn't send a little blue water truck that he can just get him a little paper cup and just drink some water from. He had to get down and humble himself, cup his hands together and drink from a brook. Could God already be providing something to sustain us but we're too proud? want filet mignon and we want Perrier water and we we want you know we want stuff all high for little after all I'm a king's kid yes you are but so that you can appreciate the crown sometimes you gotta go through and in dry seasons God's trying to get some things out of us he's trying to get that pride out of us he's trying to get that haughty spirit he's trying to get that arrogance out of us because when we see somebody else struggling if we never went through anything if we never struggled if we never went through a dry season we'd have a spirit of arrogance well all you have to do you must not be applying your faith all you have to do is believe in him and he will and he will every time I've spoken the word God has always answered well that ain't my story there is sometimes when I have prayed to the ceiling and it felt like it bounced back down to me I've lived through dry seasons and it broke that arrogance out of my spirit if God answered you every time you called you'd be arrogant and you know it but God said I let you go through some dryness I let you go through some barrenness so that when I get you to the fruitful place you'll treat it like it's precious. You'll have compassion for somebody that's been where you've been. You say, you know, honey, uh, sir, man, you can get through it. I've been there before. I've been there. See, that's the reason we need the community of the church because uh, there is somebody in this room that is going through something that somebody else has already been through. And the devil plays isolation games on us and calls us to think that we're the only one. You might as well kill yourself because God don't love you and the people don't love you. But the word of God said that we overcame by what? By our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. So God lets us go through dry seasons. Somebody say dry season. God lets us go through dry seasons to develop character in us, to, to, to test it, to, to fortify our faith. Once you have faith enough that of everything you spoke, God will tell you to go to a brook and drink out of dirty, rocky, mineral-filled water and to receive food from a buzzard. You know, you shoot BB guns at buzzards. Yet still, God, God, God could have said, I'm going to cause an eagle, a, 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 a nice, a, a, a nice ma a majestic bird. God said a little old, 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 this old good for nothing, waiting for something to die, picking over a roadkill buzzard. Could it be the dry season that you're in? God is testing your patience and your pride. When the phone is not ringing. When they don't call your name, could you be, could God be testing your patience and your pride? I would submit to you that sometimes people jump out of the boat right before God is about to deliver. Because of your patience and your pride. Somebody say, God, thank you for the dry season. But right here, but right here, then he said, 
then uh, after he got there, then he said, then sometime later, seven says, the brook dried up. God said, he got too comfortable. Even while, so see, how many know that if, if we, if, if God just provides everything for us, we'll be like a spoiled child? Don't know how to go out there and do, anybody ever seen a grown child? Their mom and daddy love them so much, they don't know how to do nothing for themselves. And all, not, not only that, they're looking for you, because this is what I'm used to. But mom and daddy created that monster, and then somebody else got to live with it. Oh, God, let me get out of your business. <laughs> but God dried up the brook because there was no rain in the land. Then the word, somebody say, then the word. Then the word. God has a word for every situation. The word told him to go down to the brook. Then the word came after the brook dried up. What am I saying? Wherever you find yourself, lean not to your own understanding, but in all the ways, acknowledge him first, and then he's going to direct your path. I'm telling you, whatever is going on in your life, there is a word solution to it. The word is I said, then the word came. Then, then, then the word of the Lord came to him and said, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. Look at this. I have directed a widow there to supply you with food. He could have did that at the beginning. Look at this. God, God could have done that at the beginning. But God has, I need to test you to see if you can handle me in my silence and, and if I'm giving you just a minimal thing to survive on. No doubt if God had told him go to the lady in Zarephath earlier, she had more bread and more oil then. She, 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 she got to understand, God knows what he's doing. Oh, God. A lot of times we see it in hindsight. We see it in 2020. But I'm telling you, even when you don't know what he's doing, God knows what he's doing. Oh, God. So, God did, so, so he went to Zarephath. When he came to the town gate, a widow was there gathering sticks. He called her and asked, would you bring me a, a water in a jar so that I may drink? She said, cool, yeah, I'll go do that. As she was going to get it, he called again and said, hey, why you at it? Now he could have asked, you know how people set you up. <laughs> set you up with a little question for the big question. He said, while you're at it, would you also bring me a piece of bread? God told him the first thing the lady's going to do is going to give you bread. He set her up with some water. You know, see, see if she's willing to do it. Now, I'm, I'm, let me get some bread from you. He, and, and this is the lady's response. As surely as the Lord God lives, she replied, I do not have any bread. I only have a handful of flour in a jar and a little olive oil in the jug. I am gathering a few sticks to take home and to make a meal for myself and my son that we may eat it and die. Hold on. Let me break this whole scenario down here. Somebody say favor. See, first of all, you got to understand that this woman, even though she was gathering to prepare her last meal, she came in contact with favor. No doubt there were plenty of women, men, widows. The famine was hitting everybody. Everybody was prepared to die. 
but God sent the prophet to her. Hold on, I'm unpacking a little bit so you can get it. You got to understand, she had an opportunity. She had an opportunity to respond to a word that God had spoken to somebody else. I want you to understand that when you are given opportunities to sow into God's kingdom, when you are given opportunities where God gives you a choice to obey me or not obey me, you have to understand, you, you, you look at that dilemma as God punishing you, but I'm telling you that God, this is a moment of favor whenever you have a choice to obey God or not obey, obey God. It it is really a moment of favor because God could have came to anybody but he came to that particular woman who see you have to understand she could have went and gathered sticks any time of the day but she was right there at the moment when he hit the town gate favor is still in operation even in our dry seasons had she come an hour later, she would have missed her opportunity to turn her life around. So what am I saying? Even when you're in a famine state, even when you're in a dry season, listen out for God's voice. Because your next action of obedience could be the one that gets you out of your drought. I want you to understand that. I got it wrapped in this. I want you to write this down. Your survival depends on your next obeyed instruction. I'm going to say that again. Your survival in your state of dryness and famine, it is dependent upon your next obeyed instruction. Obedience opens doors. Obedience gives you access. I don't care what it is, your next obedient instruction is going to allow you to survive. Here's what he told her. He said, don't be afraid. Go, don't, go home and do as, as you say. Make, make a meal for yourself and make a meal for your son. But he said, but first, make a small cake for me and bring it to me and then make something for yourself. Anybody feel like you're in a dry season right now? Let me see your hand. You're going to get out of your dry season for what you make happen for somebody else. I know your stomach is rumbling. I know you're in pain. I know, but if you could fix it, you could already fix it. But God has given you the capacity to be the answer to somebody else's prayer. I want you to know that your deliverance is not going to come from what you do for yourself. Your deliverance is going to come from what you make happen for somebody else. And so many times we can be so enamored and we can be so drawn to the episode of what we're going through, the, the, the turmoil that we're going through, that all we can think of is me, 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 me. But God said if you could deliver yourself, you could all right. But if you are determined, God, what is it that I can be for somebody else? I'm determined. I'm going to be the answer prayer. I don't care if it's, I don't care if it's a word of encouragement. I don't care if it's paying a bill for somebody else. 
it ain't enough to do what I need to do for me anyway. So I might as well be the answer and the blessing for somebody else. The prophet said, make me a cake first. Which means that he said, you, you already got what you got. What he may say, not only make me first, but now what you are going to make for yourself is going to be smaller than what it would have been because now you're dividing among three people as opposed to two. And God said, I may be asking you to make me bread and you don't have bread. Tell somebody beside you, I don't have bread. flour and some oil. God knew she didn't have no bread, but she had the raw material. She had the components of what it took to make the bread. And you downing yourself because you don't look like the completed thing yet. But the truth of the matter is, it's all in you. What God needs you to do is stir it up and put it all together. And we looking online and we seeing people living their best life and we seeing them going on the vacations and then we seeing them hugged up with their boo and all that stuff and we thinking we're so incomplete. God said, that's the way I want you. I want you. I want this part of you. I want to take this part from when you were hurt. I want to take this part from when you were disappointed. I want to take, and I want you to sprinkle it all together because you have to know that Romans 8 and 28 said that all things work together. That disappointment, it's working together. The good moments, it's going in the pot. God said, God said, I've given you all things that pertain to life and godliness. Tell somebody, it's all within you. It's all within you. The, the thing about it is, God gave it to you in the raw material form. And he needs you to go in the kitchen, put it all in the pot, mix it with faith. God said, now that's bread I can use. Tell somebody outside you, that's bread in you. It may not all be together. It may be in pieces. It may be in parts. But tell somebody, that's bread in you. God doesn't make a demand out of anything out of us that he hasn't already put in us. So if God makes a demand on you, you can bet your bottom dollar that everything is in you that you need. God is not a cruel God that's going to ask us to do something that is out of our control. He asks you with already pre-knowledge pre that it's in you. The thing about it is we got to do the work. We got to take that flour. We got to take that oil. We got to mix it together. We got to We got to have some sweat equity. You know how they do it Habitat for Humanity? Habitat, they don't give somebody a house. What they want to say, hey, you, 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 there's so much sweat equity. You working so much. If we see that you're willing to do the work, we're willing to give you the materials. We're willing to have people volunteer. We'll, we'll, get, we'll get loads of donate lumber and everything. But you're going to have to get off your rusty dusty and you're going to have to do some work. 
says, you got a part to play, manager. You got, you got as much to do with getting out of your dry season as God does. When you do what only you can do, God will do what only he can do. And God would not have multiplied and created that miracle had she not done what was only uh, required for her to do. What is it in your life that only you can do? What mess is going on that only you can straighten out? You can't say Pastor Tony say you're going to have to stand up say this is over, this is it, I'm calling into it right now. See, 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 the, prophet could, see the prophet, any prophet that can say it ain't going to rain, he got power to say let there be bread. But he said, like, no, that's too easy. And we're depending on God to come in and walk through the walls, wave his wand, and make stuff appear. God said, no. He said, look, look. God said it like this. Anything you loose on earth, I'm going to loose in heaven, but you got to loose it on earth first. And consequently, anything you bind on earth, I'm going to bind in heaven. But I need you to make the first move. And some of us, we are in a prolonged dry season because we don't do what we've already had instructions to do. And we are hoping God changes his mind. God said, I ain't going to change my mind. Whatever I spoke, it is settled forever and ever. And like Nene like Lee said, I said what I said. I said what I said and I'm not going to change it and until you obey me until you get up and do the hard God didn't say I didn't say it was going to be easy but it's necessary and that's a word for somebody in this room what God is telling you to do it may not be easy but it's necessary to get you out of this dry season oh God y'all tired of hearing me but I want you to know what you have in you and what's left. She said, I only got a little bit of oil. I only got a little bit of uh, uh, flour. God said, what you have in you is enough to make a miracle. We want something grand. We want something big. We want something. God said, whatever you have left, the remnants, the crumbs, you know the potato chips that get in the corner that you got to dig down in there You know what I'm talking about? What was in the crumbs was also in the, in the bit chip. It's the same thing. It's just a small. God said, I'm going to use what's left. What's left of your, your time here on planet Earth, what's left of your health, what's, health what, what's left of your emotions. God said, I'm going to use what's left, and I'm going to make a miracle with that. I want somebody to hear me in this place. What you, tell somebody beside you, what you have is enough. He says, God, as soon as I get more, as soon as I get this, as soon as I get this paid off, and so God said, what you have is enough to make a miracle out of. But you got to have faith in enough, in enough of the word of the prophet to, to, to go ahead and mix together what you have. Guess what? The Calvary is not coming with more. You got all you got. And God said, what you have is enough to make a miracle. You got to trust me. Next thing I want to share with you is I'm about to wrap up. A demand on your faith. Somebody say a demand on your faith. Amen. Will always come in moments of scarcity. It's not faith if it was easy to do. It's not faith if you could just, oh yeah, that ain't nothing, do that. 
It requires faith when it's in scarcity. Could God, could the dry season you be in be, be, be a, 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 a faith demand moment? I'm trying to talk about, I'm talking about how we can manage our dry seasons. Elijah said to her in 13, don't be afraid. Go home and do as you said. But first make me a little cake and then bring it to me and then make some for yourself. This is what the word says. For what is the Lord, the God of Israel says, the jar of flour will not be used up and the jug of oil will not run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain. I want you to know. You said, God, if, if, I, if I trust again, if I love again, I can't take being hurt no more. I can't take another closed door. I can't take getting my hopes up no more. God said, that ain't my fault. That was those people. But if you put your confidence and trust in me, you will never run out. In fact, the matter is you're about to eat it and you're about to die anyway, so you might as well trust me. He said, make me a cake first. Somebody say, what you do first matters. What you do first matters. It shows priority. And that's the problem in our society today. We have our priorities all jumbled up. We care more about what people say than what God says. And so we get ourselves in all kinds of debt and we get ourselves in all kinds of situations and we, and we get ourselves in all kinds of pickles and quandaries because we care about what people can see and what they can say. And when we get behind closed doors, we're living in turmoil. So 15 says, she went away and did as Elijah told her. There was food. Somebody say every day. For Elijah and for the woman and her family. For the jar of flour was not used up and the jar of oil did not run dry in keeping with the word of the Lord that was spoken by Elijah. I want to share this one thing with you. Decisions. Somebody say decisions. I say all the time that life is nothing but equations of decisions and outcomes. The decisions that you make in your dry season determines the quality of your harvest season. I'm going to say that again. The decisions that you make in your dry season, we think that the, that the most important decisions is when, everything, when everything's flowing. No, but the decisions that you make in your dry season, the, the decisions that you make in your season of barrenness determines the quality of the harvest when it's harvest time. Here's what happened. She sold natural oil and she sold natural flour. But when she sold it to make a cake, it converted the natural oil and the natural flour to supernatural. When you obey God and when you sow into the supernatural, what's left, somebody say what's left, becomes supernatural. There is no natural explanation why oil should keep running. Think about it, y'all. And God didn't cause it to run and overflow the way it was spilling out on the cabinet and on the floor. The more she took out, 
the more God filled it up. The more flour she got out, the more flour God sent. But she just had to give God his first. But look at this, y'all. Sometime later, the son of the woman of the house became ill. He grew worse and worse, and eventually he stopped breathing, meaning he died. And she said to Elijah, she had an attitude. What did, what did, what did, what, why did you come here and tease me? You, what, what did you do against me, man of God? Did you come to remind me of my son, my sin, and kill my son? Elijah said, give, give, give him to me. Somebody say, give it to God. He took him from her arms. He carried him into the upper room where he was staying. See, you have to understand, not only she was feeding, but she was making habitation for God to live there. Oh, God. That's a whole nother sermon. Then he cried out to the Lord, Lord, my God, have you brought me tragedy even on this widow I am staying with by causing her son to die? Look at this, y'all. Then he stretched out himself on the boy three times and cried out to the Lord Lord God let this boy's life return to him as everybody is standing I want to share with you this that what you do in your dry season determines how fast you get out of it. What you do in your dry season determines the level of your harvest. How many of you feel like you're in a dry season right now? What I want you to do, start feeding your season. What do I mean by that? It's fall time right now, right? It's about to be fall. And real people that care about their lawns, they're about to cut the grass real low. They're going to have an aerator that's going to poke holes in that ground. And you're going to seed the ground when it's barren. That don't make sense. One would think that, you know what, I'm going to sow some seeds and I'm, I'm going to fertilize the ground and I'm going to do all that stuff, you know, March and April because it's time for it to grow. But the healthiest of lawns, they feed it when it's dormant. They feed it when it's not, when it's brown and it's ugly and it's patchy and it don't look like, you know, it's all yellowish and y'all know how, you know, when, when grass stops growing and, and everything turns and it gets ugly. God said that's the time when you need to be feeding the ground when it's at a dry state. But you got to open up the ground. You got to turn that ground over. Somebody say, turn it over. <laughs> there was nothing wrong with your ground. You just need to turn it over. Y'all, anybody, y'all know, there's some good gardeners in here. You don't just go digging a hole and putting something in. You turn that ground over. 
so that the hard stuff that's been baked by the sun, the hard stuff that insects and animals been, been doing stuff in, you need to turn it over so that you got new soil to plant in. And what God's saying that while you're in this dry season, you've got a part to play. You need to turn some things over. You need to break up some fallow ground. That, that, that top level of soil, I can't use that. But if you turn that stuff over, somebody do your hands like that. God said, I need you to turn that ground over. And not only I need you to do that, but I need you to feed it. I need you to fertilize it. How are you going to fertilize it? You're going to fertilize it by God's holy scripture that says you're the head and not the tail, that weeping may endure for a night, but joy going to come in the morning, that I'm the righteousness of God. I am seated with him in heavenly places. God said the more you feed that ground and the more you sow seeds of my word, that wherever my word goes, it will not return to me void. And guess what? After fall, then comes winter. It's going to get cold. But you know what you did before the coldness hit? Before the baby, you put seed in the ground. Oh God, you put seed in the ground and that seed in the ground is now protected. You may look crazy. What in the world? He tearing up, putting all them plugs in the yard and they, and they walking through and they sowing seeds. Tell somebody, I'm working on something. Tell somebody, I'm working on something. People may be criticizing you. What are you doing? You should be, you know, this time of your life, you should be saving your money and you should be saving this and you should be saving that. And people mean well, but they don't know that I'm working on something that is two seasons away. I'm working on something. It ain't even for the next season. I'm working on something that I, I'm going to reap the benefit of something that, that is two seasons away. Do you not? Do you have enough faith to sow when harvest is multiple seasons away? It's what you do in the dry season. It's what you do in the dry season. Look at what happened to this woman. The word of God said that the oil and the flour is not going to run out until rain stop, starts. It's not recorded in the Bible that rain started. But tragedy hit her home. God, you gave me this miracle so my, me and my son could live. And you mean to tell me in the middle of you still providing one miracle? You're going to let tragedy come in the back door? You could have just killed him from the beginning if you was going to do that. But I want you to know that natural flower and that natural oil that became supernatural flower and supernatural oil, guess who's been eating it the whole time? Miracle bread was sitting resident inside that boy. Miracle oil and miracle flour, miracle food that God provided was sitting resident inside of that boy. And she made a demand on the man of God. Listen, I've been letting you stay in my house. You've been eating off me and, I, and, I, and, and, and I've been feeding you. It is time for me to make a demand off the seeds that I've sown. And the man of God said, give them to me. Tell somebody besides you, give it to him. Anybody got something that feels that looks like it's dead? That God promised you. 
that God been keeping alive that it may be dead. God is saying, give it to me. Give it to me. I've seen the seeds that you sow. I've seen how you trusted me in dry seasons. But the boy has been eating off the miracle bread from your original act of obedience. So that's why I'm saying that what you're doing, it, 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 it impacts more than you. You may think it's about you, but it's not about you. God is using you, but it's not about you. And God is saying your acts of obedience are, begone, are, are about to impact. Oh, God. Your acts of obedience are about to release and impact people that are attached to you. Has she not obeyed the man of God? And she had rejected him, she'd be dead by now. And he, he wouldn't be in her house. But the fact that she fed him and she let him take residence in her house and she continued to feed him, she had access to the power of God because she was feeding what she was about to feed from. God gave you oil and he gave you flour to feed what one day will feed you. The bread is not just for you. The testimony is not just for you. The wealth is not just for you. The healed body is not just for you. It is so at some point that you can make a withdrawal out the account of glory for the seeds that you sowed. How many seed sowers we got in this place? Have you sowed time? Have you sowed energy? Have you sowed love? Have you sowed compassion? Have you sowed your treasure? Well, if you're sowed treasure, even in desert times, God said, you have the right to make a request of me. When that thing seems dead, when that ministry seems dead, when that dream seems dead, when that marriage seems dead, God said, you can call on me. You can come boldly before the throne of grace in the time of need. And you can make a withdrawal. Somebody lift your hands right now. God, we will no longer begrudge our dry season. But we will look for an opportunity to obey you in our dry season. And our deliverance from the dry season is going to be accelerated when we obey and we do what only we can do. So I thank you right now, Lord, that you, your Holy Spirit brings all things to remembrance. I thank you right now, Lord, that I thank you right now, Lord, that you bring the acts and the decisions of obedience even to the forefront of our minds and our hearts, God. And we thank you, Lord, that we have boldness as a lion to obey you and to please you more than we want to please man. I thank you right now, Lord, that as we obey you, Lord, as we give, Lord, 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 we thank you, Lord, that even in scarcity, God, even though we may not have a lot of time, even though we may not have a lot of energy, even though we feel like we don't have enough, a lot of years left, God, we're going to give you what's left. We're going to give you what's left. I give you the crumbs. I give you the pieces of what's left. Somebody begin to tell the Lord, Lord, I give it to you right now. Come on, somebody open your mouth and tell say, God, I'm going to give you what's left. It may not be much. I don't know if you can use it, but I'm going to give you what's left. 
of my talent, my time, and my treasure, and my testimony. God, it's yours. Everything I got. Everything I am. Everything I'm not. I'm yours, Lord. I was bought with a price. It all belongs to you anyway, but I've been a bad manager, and I haven't been given to you when you made a demand on it. So, God, I thank you right now that even in scarcity, God, I trust you. And I'm going to make you a cake first, God. Said he wants you to make him a cake first. Come on, somebody say it with your heart. Open your mouth, open your mouth, open your mouth. God, I'm giving it to you first. I'm gonna give it to you first. I'm gonna make you a cake first. I'm gonna make you a cake first with my time. I'm gonna stop, I'm stop saving, praying with you to now lay me down and see prayers. I'm gonna give you yours first. Yes, Lord. I'm going to stop tipping you when it's time to give of my money. God, I'm going to make you first. I'm going to give you, I'm going to make you a cake first. And because I make you a cake first, I will never run out. I will never run out. I'm going to give all my energy. I'm going to stop running after people because I'm afraid of what they're going to think about me. And God, I'm going to give you my time, my energy, and my talent. I'm going to give it to you first. I'm going to make you a cake first. That's how I'm going to manage my way out of this dry season. I'm going to make you a cake first. Somebody make a promise to God in this room. I'm going to acknowledge you in all my ways. I'm going to make you first. Yes, God, I want this career. I want this career to be good. I want it to be bountiful and flowing. But God, I got to give you what's yours first. And you will, you will turn my natural into supernatural oil. You will turn my flower from natural to supernatural flower. And God, I will never run out. And Lord, even if it's dead, even if it seems dead, even if the dream seems dead, even if the business, the business plan seems dead, even if the career seems dead, you are the giver of life, God, so I give it to you. Breathe the breath of life into us, God. Thank you, Lord, that you're allowing us. Thank you, Lord, for the favor of approaching us with the option to obey you. You think, somebody in this room think God hates you when he's punishing you. But I'm telling you, he loves you when he's favored you. Because he's given you the opportunity to make a decision that will get you out of your dry place. You think God is punishing you because you're in a dry place? God said, I couldn't perform a miracle if you were in a place that was flowing with milk and honey. It wouldn't be a miracle. The miracle is that in the middle of tragedy, tragedy in the middle of dryness, I can make you an oasis in the desert. You are favored. Everybody else has to just suffer through it. But I favored you. Because I gave you a way out of this dry season. Yes, God. When the prophet found her, he, God favored her. Because she had an opportunity to get out of the dry season through an action of obedience. And you would think that God is punishing you because he's making a demand on you. God said, I'm trying to get you out of this season. But it's going to take a demand of your faith. God, we thank you. We are the managers, even of this dry season. 
we don't have to get you to do what you already want to do, God. We thank you even now that you bring to our hearts and our minds. Yes, God. Acts of obedience. Acts of obedience. Look for something to obey God with. If you think hard long, hard and long enough, there is something God told you. You either forgot or you ignore it to you drown God's voice out. There is something that you need to do. That is the key, child of God. That's the key. That's the key to catapulting you out of your dry season. God, we thank you. Everybody's hand lifted. We thank you for the word of God. We thank you that you care so much for us. You don't want to see us to stay in a perpetual state of dryness. That you use all things. You even use the desert experience, God, to shape us and to mold us. But right now, God, we thank you that we are one act of obedience away from changing our lives. We are one act of obedience away from releasing the oil and the flour to multiply on its own. God, we thank you. We thank you, Lord, that we've been hearers of this word. But we're about to leave as doers of this word. And we will seek areas. Seek areas, God, to obey you. No amount of, man, of, 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 earth, of earthly water, Lord, this is spiritual water that we need. If we drink of you, we will never thirst again. Lord, would you quench the thirst that we have for you? And give us an insatiable desire to obey you. For obedience is better even than sacrifice. We thank you for it. And we declare that we are the managers that you've been looking for. You've been looking for people that will obey you and trust you, even in scarcity. Lord, we declare that we are the managers that you can trust. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. Come on, clap, clap your hands if you know you heard a word today. Come on. Come on, come on, clap for God. I, I'm okay. I don't need your clap. Come on, clap for God. Thank you for tuning in today with Fellowship Church. We pray that you were blessed by the message, and we would like to connect with you through our website, fellowshipws.org, or facebook.com slash fellowship. If you are ever in the greater triad area, we would love for you to be our VIP for weekend worship experience on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. On behalf of Pastor Tony and the Fellowship family, thank you again for joining us. And remember to love God, love people, and impact the world.